0: up everybody welcome back to yet another episode of the players club podcast episode 72 coming straight for you and i am here with the motley crew and my motley crew i mean just us two (laughs) i don't know why i had a lot of rhymes there i just felt in the mood uh, so today, Al, Alan Muir, the classic guest that you know here often, uh, he had a little bit of a, he, he had to dip out for this episode, so uh, we said the show must go on, and so today I'm joined here by an illustrious guest, uh, you might know her from her very, very, I don't know if I would call this an eclectic mix, but I first was introduced to you to Breath of the Wild streams, and now you're on to Final Fantasy 14, and you got to jump in just as always. So uh, please give it up, or I don't know, there's no live studio Johannes here. Um, <laughs> please give it up for, uh, let me just make sure I'm saying this right, Jahara, right? That's right. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. How's it going with you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. An illustrious. Wow. No one's ever said I was illustrious before. That's very cool.
0: Oh, yeah, we take out the $10 words for our guests. <laughs> 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 Definitely. We got to make them feel appreciated. And you are appreciated. I've been watching your streams for a couple months here. So, you know, it's, it's really nice to get you on the show and to do something with you in any context.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And I feel like you're a good one here since we're talking about Nintendo. And for people who listen to the show, they know traditionally... I'm not the biggest Nintendo person, but this direct had a lot of stuff for me to care about. So
1: It did. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, very excited to get to that. We'll be getting to that in just a few minutes here. Um but to start off, we're going to go ahead and talk about what we've been playing the last week or so. Um today, we're we're going to keep it pretty brief since the direct does have a bunch of things to get to. So um but one of the games that I've been playing is going to be a very direct <laughs> Uh, pitch to the Nintendo Direct. So uh, I'll go ahead and start off with one of mine, then we'll bounce to one of yours, then one of mine, then one of yours. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. So we'll go ahead and start it off with Cruise and Blast, which is a game that I've been playing this week. Um, I don't know. Have you heard of Cruise and Blast at all? I know it's a little bit obscure. I haven't. Okay. So are you aware of Cruise and USA, those old arcade games back from like 90s, early
1: 2000s? Wow. Like briefly, I don't think I ever played them, but I do. I have like an image in my mind.
0: Okay, then, yeah, if you're if you have that image, that is the right where I need you to be. (laughs) Um, Basically, they kept making those games. I never played those games back in the day, except maybe once or twice in an arcade. But they kept making them. And the latest version is called Cruise and Blast. It is out there in arcades and everything. But I'm not really hitting up a Dave and Buster's right now. So they put it out on Switch for some reason. (laughs) And I wasn't really interested in it. I wasn't really thinking about it until it came out and everyone's saying, oh, this is like one of the best kart racers in a long time. And once again, people have listened to the show. They know I'm a big burnout guy. I love Burnout Paradise. I love all those burnout games. So to see that we're getting another arcade racer that isn't, you know, super grounded like a Forza or something had me really excited. So picked it up, literally beat the game maybe two hours before we started recording. and. It's a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> well it take you. Uh,
0: how long did it take me? Um, you know what? If if Nintendo had easily accessible time things to look at on Switch, I could tell you. But I, I wanna say just off the top of my head, it didn't take me more than four hours. Like okay. it's a it's a very brief tour mode because it is almost a direct port of the arcade cabinet that were, you know, at arcades around the world. So it's very, very short considering. Now, there is more stuff to do. I do have some other cars I can unlock, some other keys I can get uh, that are hidden around the tracks. There is a time trial mode, and there's even like some local multiplayer. So, you know, it's not like uh, I did it and now I'm completely done with it, but I finished the entire tour and I could go back in other difficulties. If I, if, ugh, excuse me, other difficulties if I wanted to. But yeah, it was, it, it scratched the ish I was hoping to scratch, <laughs> which is like the main thing.
1: Ooh. So like, and I, you know what? I know I very rarely play short games. So you just reminded me of a a short game that I played recently, but it's nice to be able to like start a game and finish it and like a nice sitting. And it's nice that you can go back and play the different levels or the different difficulties if you want to. So it's like not completely over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I totally am right there with you. Cause I, I'm Mr. Hey, if I could beat it in a night, that is like the best game for me. Cause especially nowadays where I'm doing all this stuff all the time, (laughs) there's, there's too much to do to be playing one game for, two months straight um well then again i say that the other game i've been playing i've literally played this whole week until i beat it last night so <laughs> um but we'll get around to that later uh but yeah cruising blast is really fun uh if you are curious as to like how it plays and everything it is what i say is basic it's super basic like option screen there isn't an option screen oh. <laughs> like you can't remap your controls at all it's one of those um It's like an old school racer where the X button used to be accelerate and then boost used to be like on the right trigger or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it plays like that. It really does feel like a PlayStation 2 game put out in modern day. Um, And you're, you're drifting along the track. It really does feel like kind of a kart racer where in something like Mario Kart, you're trying to not just drift around corners, but you're trying to hold that drift longer through the straightaway so you can get a really big boost going off of it. Um, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of jumping off of very high jumps, doing backflips, doing helicopters, doing uh I I forget what they call them, not cartwheels, where you rotate the car. I forget what it's called. It's like the hamburger flip. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I forget what it's called, but they got those two. Um and it's just it's very over the top, it's very silly. It's um because the main reason I was interested in it, because a racing game's fine. Like, you know, there's plenty of racing games. I don't play all of them but all of the tracks are over the top there's one circuit where it's just dinosaurs on every single level so it's already like a kind of over the top like la hollywood base map where you're driving through the hollywood sign that you know is iconic from there and you're going through Mm -hmm. the streets of la and stuff but then they just add dinosaurs now there's a triceratops just running in front of you on the track
1: that's excellent that's genius actually
0: It is genius. Like, honestly, that I saw footage of that and said, okay, maybe I should pick up this game. And before I knew it, I was at Best Buy picking up my copy. So (laughs) so yeah,
1: it is a lot of
0: fun. So yeah, Yeah. it is a lot of fun. I I recommend it to people. It's like, it's 40 bucks. So I don't know. I don't Mm. know if I'd say it's worth 40 bucks. But I paid 30 for it since I had some coupons. And I think it's closer to being worth 30 bucks. I say 20 is probably a good sweet spot for it, but I think it's going to be a good one. When it starts going on sale in a couple months, I think it'll be a really good one. And honestly, the fact that this is getting any type of buzz at all is probably a surprise to the publisher. (laughs) So, you know, good for them because this game came out of nowhere and like got people interested. So yeah, shout out.
1: You You never know what happens. You never know who can pick it up and just gets everything going for them. So I'm glad that they're getting some attention. And I think that it's nice because especially in the day and age now where we're at, where like video games are getting more and more complex and longer and longer. um, I think there is still definitely a market for people that are like, can we just have like a basic game that I can play in like a day that has like some of the the classic feel to it? Where, Where now we're kind of moving into like this extremely huge cinematic, like gigantic games. It's nice to have something to to juxtapose that at the same time.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. It's, it's it's very refreshing. And I know I know everyone on Twitter was telling me this as soon as I told them I was playing Cruise and Blast. But Cruise and Blast is out and then the Hot Wheels game that everyone's talking about for some reason. Um, I say some reason. I'm excited for the game, too, but I just don't have time for it yet. So uh, we're in a renaissance of a lot of those types of games where... It's not just the arcade racers that are giving you more like the classic feel. It's a lot of like, you know, boomer shooters are a thing that are coming back. Games that play like Quake and Doom did back in the day. And a lot of those shorter, more quick bite-sized things are coming back where now people, because even me, I I picked up Loop, and I was talking about it on the last episode, haven't gone back to Loop since. <laughs> hmm. Not for any reason having to do with Loop. It's just I got consumed with not just Cruise and Blast, but the other game I'll talk about later. And so it's been really refreshing to have a game where I can play it in a couple sittings and I'm done. Rather than, man, I'm going to really have to figure this out and this is going to take me a while. But, hey, it's very refreshing. Very refreshing. So, yeah, that's enough out of me for Cruise and Blast. What's one of the games that you've been playing this week?
1: Well, I I suppose I'm on the opposite. I'm kind of the 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 story that you've been telling is a game that takes a long time to play. <laughs> I've been playing Final Fantasy 14, the online MMO, which is redundant, but yes, the MMORPG, and I've been playing that game for like 7 months and I've logged, I think I'm coming up on 700 hours. Boy, how And do you- that's that's from the the original base game all the way up to the most the end of the most recent expansion um and it took me that long to to finish the entirety of just the main story and that was well forgoing all other side quests um in the process uh yeah yeah and the the funny thing is i can say that i played 700 hours of the game and i am still genuinely without cheekiness to it considered a new player um <laughs> It, it, I I, like, I laugh because I'm like, oh, my God, like I make jokes about it. But then people are just like, the, the game has been out for t- eight years now. And there are people that have been playing it for all eight. So like in, in comparison, I'm like 700 hours and people are coming to me and they're like, yeah, come to talk to me when you're at 6000. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that, oh, man, that that terrifies the hell out of me. not going to lie. But for you, are you enjoying that time? Is the 700 hours feeling worth it at this point?
1: Yeah, I love it. When I realized how long I'd been playing it, I was actually kind of surprised because it doesn't feel like that. Um, It's almost like this is so weird to say, but it's almost like Final Fantasy XIV isn't a game or maybe like an MM. It's so story based. It's Mm. and there's so many different things that you can do. And the story is so long. It's almost like if you took the Harry Potter series and made it playable. Like, I oh. just feel like I am the main character in a book series, in a world, and I'm just going through various chapters. And, like, I'm just, like, having, like, a first-person perspective of what's happening and, like, actually in the world to see it. Like, it feels just like a really long book, but, like, a visual. It's not a visual novel because, like, there's a lot of actual fighting and action and things like that and moving. Right? It's an open-world MMO, right? But That's it feels... Yeah, I believe um, like Jesse Cox at some point has said that rather than an MMORPG, it's more like an RPG MMO. So like it really leans into the role play um, and story side of it with like MMO aspects to that rather than being like MMO focused with a little bit of story. So I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I really just kind of feel like I picked up a really popular book series, but I'm the main character, like for real. <laughs> so wow. It's fun, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever, like, if you ever have read, like, a really good book, or especially, like, a series, or even, like, movies, like the Star Wars saga, right? And you end it, and, like, the story's over, you're at this point where you're so invested in their characters, you're kind of bummed that the story's done. Because, like, it's a whole world in your mind, and you're like, well, that's not just over, like, what uh, what are they doing right now? Now that they've, like, done XYZ, like, what's their daily life look like? What are some new challenges they're going to face, and, like, you want to see more? of the story for those characters that you love. And I feel like a lot of Star Wars fans feel that way because they keep making movies.
0: <laughs> About the same, like, four people. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: just like, we need to know more. What are they doing now? And 10 years later, what are they doing now, right? Like, everyone just doesn't want to let these characters go. And it kind of feels like Final Fantasy 14 is that, where it's like, I like that it's not ending, Because I just get to see these characters again and again in like different timelines or situations and years. And I'm very invested in like who they are and their character development in their lives (laughs) and things like that. So it's nice. Plus, it has the aspect of being um, online. So there's a lot of social aspects with friends, which is different than games I've played before since the main games that I would play are pretty much a solo experience. Hmm. so
0: Okay. That that sounds very lovely. Let me ask this question real quick cuz I heard you say that. You say you're following characters throughout years. Is the story of Final Fantasy 14 like a decades long epic or something like that cuz I was not under that impression.
1: Technically, yes, but there's like gaps. So according to a lot of people, um the sto- the the creators, Square Enix, have never actually put out like a ho- a hard timeline for what's happening in the story. But from the very beginning of the story, it discusses um, a calamity that happened five years prior to you logging into the world that you're in. And so all of the events of the story center around that um, the happening five years prior. And then you go through time um, and adventures and various um, sagas. And time, um, I, it doesn't tell you exactly how long it is, um, in terms of like months or years. But if you watch like the trailers for all of the all of the expansions, and they have like a, uh, they're called we call them Derplander, but they're just like a main character that's supposed to be you, but that's the character that you as the player can customize. But they have like wow. the one that looks the same every expansion, but he's getting older in every single trailer. And like more rugged and slash a little bit more haggard because you know things things been rough.
0: <laughs> like, I can imagine.
1: So it's over a course of time. So yeah, and like you'll see characters that like, they'll pop up and you haven't seen them in an expansion. Which for me, I played it in seven months, so I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen them in two months. But technically, this has been over a period of years. So you'll see. For anyone who played it on the actual timeline that they were coming out, if a character was gone for a whole expansion and then you see them again, it will have been two years since you've seen that character, like in real time. Wow. And then they come back and you're like, oh my gosh, they're back. Oh my, hey, how you been? <laughs> <laughs> like, where, What have you been doing? Where have you been? Like, how are you now integrated into the new storyline? And it's like, so it feels a lot of like seeing old friends and things like that.
0: Wow, that is... <laughs> That's actually remarkable. I had no clue of that. So, oh, it's huh. super
1: in depth. <laughs> yeah,
0: because I, I mean, I figured you know, seven hundred hours. It's going to have to be in depth in some degree. But like, ooh, good lord have mercy, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I want to ask because you said you said RPG more than MMO. What is the gameplay actually like? Is it just turn based? Because just looking at the um, because looking at the little gameplay that I've I have seen, it looks like it's turn based, but I also don't know if it's closer to like a World of Warcraft where you're waiting on cooldowns. Like yes, what is so it's
1: not turn based. Um, if to, I'm not actually familiar with the specific term, I'm sure somebody in, who's listening in the audience will be screaming it at me. Um, but yeah, it's like World of Warcraft. So you have um, your global cooldowns and you have your non-global cooldowns and you're like hitting your keys and things like that. So in like you're avoiding boss um, attacks, be like AOEs and targeted attacks. And so it's a lot of like memorizing, learning patterns, memorizing, getting out, hitting, like it's um optimizing your your attack patterns and things like that and then each character i didn't know this when i started i knew nothing about this game when i started so Hmm. i was in for a huge surprise but there are different classes and when i started i'd only ever played games where like a class was more of a visual aspect but here you have you know like your healers your tanks your DPSs, like um, your melee, your 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 um, frontline attackers, and your ranged attackers, and depending on what you play, will depend on like the role you play in a group. So, like, a, um, and you need to make sure that you're playing that properly because ev- you have to be coordinated with the rest of your party members. So it's not like anyone can just hit whatever. You have kind of like a role that you need to be playing in the fight. So obviously, healers need to be healing people right? Yeah, true. Um, so that's their primary focus is making sure that the party stays healed and everything like that. Uh, tanks are the ones that like need to keep the aggro for most of the enemies so they can lead the enemies in specific areas. Um, and that way they can hold most of the aggro and take most of the attacks. And because of that, tanks have the most defense on their characters. They can take hits really well. Um, I play a DPS, which is an archer or a bard and i stay kind of in the background and i attack a lot of the smaller enemies that appear while we're fighting the big boss so that we don't get overwhelmed i also can put buffs on the party as a whole so i make sure to buff the party or give us like um so defense protection or additional attack power and stuff like that so there's a lot of different mom
0: handing everyone orange slices
1: (laughs) (laughs) kind of there's lots of jokes about it we're mostly bars are just out we're we're just playing like the we're playing like the war music you know we're just hyping everybody up to make sure that like are you attacking yes you're doing good amazing i'm gonna play this music right here yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like every there's lots of different roles and it's fun i I wasn't expecting it so it's more difficult than i think you would expect than a turn based because you have to actually coordinate and sometimes the more difficult the fights you're actually required to or need not required to get into like a discord call with your party mm. so that you can talk to each other and like actually coordinate rather than just like quietly watching and trying to figure out what the other person's going to do it's like i'm taking in this way okay i'm going to be over here like it's really fun team effort
0: wow okay it's a lot more of a lean forward experience than i was expecting too sounds yeah, like you definitely having to pay attention to a lot
1: you do. I complain about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Oh, that yeah. was happening," and I'm like, "I didn't see it. I was too busy paying attention to this thing and trying not to die."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of places spin at once. So, that's mm-hmm. right. um, here, here's one last thing I want to ask because I know um Michael Heim over at Fanbyte he does a whole bunch of Final Fantasy XIV content for the for that site. He always talks about how it's how the stuff that they're on now, like the current story stuff and their current expansions and everything. He loves that content, but he says you got to like do a lot of work to get to that content. You're 700 hours in. Um, first off, how far are you in there? Because I know they have a new expansion coming up pretty soon, right?
1: Yes, yes. The new expansion, Endwalker, is coming up in November. I'm super excited for it. Um, from As for me, I am up to date in terms oh. of like the main story quest, so like not like... In terms of the main story that's being told, I am up to date on that. I know exactly what he means, though. A lot of people say that. Um, It's not 700 hours of time. But the, so when the game came out a few years ago, a few being like eight years ago, I believe in 2013, the base game, the base game was called A Realm Reborn and then there's since then there's been the expansion heavens word and stormblood and shadowbringers so there's been three expansions since the most recent being shadowbringers arr a realm reborn is a lot of story setup it's a lot mm. of story setup meeting char- meeting like a bunch of characters kind of setting up a lot of stuff that in retrospect is important later on but kind of feels superfluous at the time And then a lot of, like, level building for your own character. So there's a lot of uh, fetch quests and things like that. So a lot of people say that, like, the first base game um, is is kind of a drag. It's a lot better, I hear. Um, When when it first came out, I had, like, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of quests. And they streamlined it over the years um, in response to feedback. So I played the streamlined version. And because I didn't know what was coming in terms of story, I actually really enjoyed it. It just felt kind of what you would expect, I guess of like an MMO like it was like you know you're in a world, you're an adventurer you you take you take your quests you f- do the quest you turn them in you know like very like basic mm-hmm. um yeah. and yeah. the story felt kind of surface level you know, oh there's a thing and there's gonna be a bad guy and you're going to get stronger so then you can fight the bad guy, you know that sort of feeling <laughs> okay, um okay. and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like really basic after getting into the next Realizing where the story was going and sitting where I am now, it is comparably boring. Um, the way that it ramps up in the fir- in the t- first expansion is just like it will smack you in your face just completely. Like you're just like, I didn't know we were going there. When oh. did this all get so serious and crazy? Um, it was like, I was just hanging out. I was like skipping, I' would like run to the board, I'd grab a quest, come back. Eat an apple. Like, it was fun, you know? <laughs> <Like>,
0: Eat an apple.
1: <laughs> craft a weapon, whatever. Like, it was just really easy, fun stuff. Like, oh, yeah, that character's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, just kidding. We're in a serious story. <laughs> like, so, in comparison, um, I feel like if you're playing the base game, you're like, eh, hey, wow, this game has so much hype. And, like, it's pretty cool. I like it. I don't really see, like, all of the hype behind it. You have to get past that first base game. And then you're like, oh, this is why people are like actually obsessed with this game. I get it. Like, okay, there's a cult following behind it for a reason.
0: <laughs> All right, I can I can get behind that understanding because to this is probably going to be the most random off the wall reference that anyone might ever make on a podcast. But it reminds me a little bit of a game called Drawn to Death. <laughs> Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of this game?
1: I haven't. <laughs>
0: OK, yeah, you shouldn't have because it it there's a reason no one knows about it. Um, Long story short, the guy who made the original God of War and Twisted Metal, he left PlayStation, made his own development studio, came back with this multiplayer shooter called Drawn to Death, where the, the whole gimmick was, you know, it's like four players and everything's hand drawn. So everything looks like it's written, written on like notebook paper. So you see the lines and everything and everything looks like it's like pen or pencil and the textures and stuff it actually had a pretty cool art style but no one really liked it cuz it was all edgy it was all like 14 year old boy like humor and like a bunch of like fart jokes and a bunch of like hardcore rock things it was <laughs> it was just it was just very off-putting and even me i don't really interact with that stuff too much so it was off-putting to me but i played it cuz it was free on playstation plus and i didn't have anything else to do what i realized They have a ranked mode in it where you like go once you win enough championships or matches, you go up the ranks and then you learn more story. The whole story is centered around this kid being all mean on the outside, but inside he's actually like a very soft soul and he's like very kind and has a lot of issues he's trying to sort out. And so if you played through all that edgy garbage, you'd eventually get to like an emotional story. And I remember when when the game came out, no one was really talking about the emotional story because no one sat there long enough to play it to see what was past that. So it it kind of Final Fantasy 14 is kind of giving me vibes of that. I I am so ready for someone to hear me make this comparison and just call me out on it because <laughs> it is very off the wall, I'll admit. But yeah, uh, I... I I say that to say that I can kind of understand where you're coming from of like, okay, it might not seem that crazy until boom, you get into the expansion. And yeah, now we're, now we're playing with portals.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it's, now it's crazy. I mean, I totally, I get what you mean. I know it's a hard sell for a lot of people. It kind of reminds me because as an anime fan myself, I kind of feel like final fantasy 14 fans are like one piece fans
0: Ooh, where we're basically
1: where we're like, it's really good. Just get through 300 episodes. first. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, I promise it's good. You just have to get through like a hundred hours of just like totally like good gameplay, like fine, like nothing like overly exciting, but like fine and kind of fun. and like if you're friend if you have friends playing with you, like it's just like a fun thing to do. But then after that, it just completely like will like grab your face and like smash it in into an emotional cake and you're just done and you will never leave after that, I promise. but like.
0: Emotional it's a hard sell
1: <laughs> yeah i was trying to think of like something that was not violent to smash your face into <laughs> i was like That's it's not best. gonna hurt you but it kind of will um so yeah I, I for me i never i didn't want to play it it took people months to convince me to play it um yeah. i was super against it mm-hmm. and That's
0: i a trend to see for a lot of people
1: so yeah and i was i was salty for like the first maybe like 20 hours of playing it because I was just like, there's it's I'd never played an MMO before. So it was a lot to learn. I was like, there's so much here. Like, I've you know, like, there's just so much to like, there's so many different wow. systems for crafting and everything, all the different races and um, jobs go and classes. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know how to I never even played with a keyboard and a mouse before that. So I was like, wow. I don't even know how to game with this with these wow. controls so i was really salty and like irritable <laughs> for like <laughs> a, a good chunk of it and then i was as i started to get used to it and i was like oh okay so people always ask like what kind of advice do you have for a new player i'm just like just take your time if you get frustrated you can stop and come back later like it's okay <laughs> and like wow. a lot of people really love the game so they'll get in your face like trying to help you but sometimes People are a little bit overly passionate, and they'll yeah. push a little too hard. Yeah, they um, push until you push away. Yeah, so I'm like, if you're getting that from your friends, like, just like you can put your boundaries down and be like, "Okay, man, like, I'll get, I'll get to it when I get to it. It's fine. Like, doesn't have to be perfect right now. You've been playing this game for years. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, give me, let me have eight years on it, and then you can get mad. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Well, hey, it sounds. It's a very. Whether or not it's for me, it's a very compelling experience that I like hearing people talk about Final Fantasy 14 because it's like it feels like a whole other world that I'm just like, man, that sounds cool. But I just know I do not want to uproot all the things I care about to try it out. (laughs) (laughs) Totally (laughs) fair. Yeah, Yeah. that would just uproot like literally every single game I'm playing like and we've already talked about me and my love of short games like. Shoot, I was I was happy that Horizon Zero Dawn was 40 hours back when I played that all those years ago. And <laughs> even that now seems like a pretty long time. So mm-hmm. but hey, it sounds like you're having a good time and other people would have a good time, too. So go ahead and check that one out. Um, so, yeah, from there, I'll go ahead and talk about the last game that I've been playing. Um, I will mention real quick before that I have played a very, very, very small amount of Sable. Um, have you heard of sable it just dropped a couple days ago
1: i think i have but my my brain is kind of failing me right now tell me about it
0: that's fine uh it's a it's an independent game it's you're playing as like this little robed young lady who's in this desert and you're exploring it yes yes you it's probably ring some bells now Mm -hmm. um the the climbing system of it looks very breath of the wild which is honestly despite me i've talked about it on the podcast where i'm not the biggest breath of the wild fan where i like it but it's not like my favorite game of all time like a lot of other people say um but i like like i like seeing the things that you can do into it um sable's climbing system is very similar to breath of the wild and so i was like okay that looks interesting and it seems like it's just focusing on exploration there's no combat um and really the only conflict in the game is just how do i get up there like What path do I need to climb? What place do I need to glide to to get up there? Um, I've played only about two hours of it, just enough to get out of the opening tutorial area. And it's a lot of fun, but I think I'm going to save the bulk of my talking about it for a future episode just because I've played so little of it and I literally beat two other games this week. So,
1: (laughs) Well, I'd love um, to hear more about it at the time because I I think my fiance is the same. He was playing it and he's only played a couple hours, so I watched it. It's really visually interesting. The drawing yes. um yes. it's quite a different a a, a a newfangled animation style for a game that was very, very cool. So can't wait till you play it some more so I can hear about it
0: oh yeah it's it's absolutely gorgeous. That's like the main reason I was interested in it and now that it's out on Xbox game Pass, no less, so I don't have to pay anything extra. Um, hey. yeah, I'm definitely gonna hop on that uh, now that I've beaten this next game that I'm gonna talk about, which is Bayonetta i so uh, you're familiar with Bayonetta? Is that correct to assume? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bayonetta is one of those games where I've I've been aware of Bayonetta for several years, and me one of my favorite games of all time, like top ten games, is Nier Automata, and that is heavily due to the combat system from Platinum Games. So. I know that Platinum Games makes titles that I really enjoy. I, I really like Vanquish from them as well, and I really like uh, Transformers: Devastation from them as well. So they know how to make a good combat system. I wasn't prepared for how much I was going to like Bayonetta. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't. Like it kind of like upset me when I realized, like, oh man, this is going to be an all timer for me because when when was it? I don't want to say it was 2019. Devil May Cry Five came out. And I've never played a Devil May Cry game, but everyone was talking about it. So I said, you know what? It came for free with my PC that I just bought at the time. I'm going to boot it up, see what happens. And it ended up being one of my favorite games of 2019. Why didn't everyone right then and there say, hey, (laughs) if you like the absurd, crazy chaos of that game, you're going to love Bayonetta. No one said a word. (laughs) And I am, everyone who knows me or follows me or anything like that, and you're hearing this, y'all should have made a bigger deal about Bayonetta because I am really like, like, it's very rare where I care about a game this much. <laughs> like, I, I, there's plenty of games I love, but like, it's been a while since I've just been like flabbergasted by a game. And this game, it's it's just so over the top, which is what I love for it. It is, it is campy in all of the right ways where I play plenty of games because... A lot of people know me as, like, I'm the type of guy who likes weird, mediocre, mid-tier games that no one really thinks about once they try it. Like, Bow Mutant came out earlier this year. I really like that game. I like that game a lot more than other people did. Um, we talk about older games like like Sega's The Club and Singularity from Raven Software. Like, all these random obscure games I like a lot. This has the charm of those games, but... With the production quality that none of those games have and also not like the because when i talk about those other games i feel like it comes with a caveat of i know it's not that great but i like it no bayonetta is is, like legitimately great (laughs) like it starts it's so weird because everyone i'm pretty sure people have seen at least a little bit of bayonetta so they get the whole shtick of it where you know Sexy witch lady, her her clothes or her hair. She makes demons appear out of portals, like that type of stuff. It is so much crazier than that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, cause I would see trailers and be like, "All right, it looks kind of, it looks stupid, it looks over the top in a fun way." I, I think I'll get around to it at some point. Bought it on the Xbox ages ago. Finally played it after the threequel got re revealed at the direct last week. Every single night, except for maybe two nights where I was tired after work. I have been playing this game
1: <laughs> and, Ooh.
0: and it has just been captivating me. Like like combat wise, it is very challenging where it's satisfying to like take down enemies and stuff, but Lord have mercy. If I'm not, if I'm not hitting a perfect dodge on every single attack, they're taking out like 20% of my health bar with one hit. <laughs> and it's like hmm. um, I get, you get five of those and you're out for the count. And it's like, man, it's really, it, it hurts. And it's one of those games where it's not, it's not like a Dark Souls or something where if you keep dying, you won't progress. But Bayonetta does have, or a lot of Platinum games have this, where you'll get through a section and it'll grade you on how well you did with the combat just in that section. And mm-hmm. it'll give you like, it'll give you like a score and a trophy and all that stuff. I I have beaten so many levels in this game with the lowest tier, the stone reward. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're like, you barely made it. Good job. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like they're giving me basically a constellation prize just because I I died like 20 times and then I finally make it out on the other side. So it's little, <laughs> it, is, it is very demoralizing on that point, but just like I have fallen in love with like Bayonetta herself. She is hyper sexualized, but like she owns it. And she is like, she knows that she's like, she knows she's the baddest bitch in the room and is like. Owning it at every single time. And it is like incredible. And sometimes it's like, it gets ridiculous to a certain point where even I'm like, like the game ends, like after the credits and everything roll, there's just a dance number with just Bayonetta dancing in all these different environments with a bunch of background dancers behind her. And this dance number is like four minutes long.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's not like an Easter egg or anything. And because they, I, I was actually looking up some documentaries last night about it. they, I wanna say they got like a dancer from Japan to like mocap a lot of her moves. So a lot of her fighting moves and just idle animations are based off of this woman's dance moves. And this woman recorded a whole choreography set pretty much in mocap. And so they just made Bayonetta do all the moves.
1: <laughs> and they were like, Yes, let's just do that.
0: Exactly. And the whole <laughs> the whole game just has that kind of like screw it, let's let's do it, like that type of attitude to everything. Like uh, I I feel like the best way to say just how ridiculous this game is, is to say what happens in the final boss fight, but I don't want to spoil what happens in the final boss fight, but there are several moments where like one of the boss fights towards the end, it's cause you're a witch and you're fighting like a bunch of like eight like monsters from heaven. So they all have this, like this, how, how do I say this? Uh, like angelic presence, but they look like corrupted in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're fighting all these guys. One one of these uh, angelic—I want to say angelic demons, but that's kind of cancels out. Um, but uh, one of them come through, and you're like in the middle of the ocean after a plane crash, and you're stuck in the middle of the ocean fighting this thing. And so instead of just walking around on the floor like every other normal level, Bayonetta finds a random piece of scrap metal from the plane crash and is surfing on that for the entire boss battle. <laughs> And so the entire thing, you have the same moveset where you're, like, hitting heavy attacks and kicks and your guns and everything, but you're just on a piece of metal surfing the entire time. And in order to beat him, you have to summon, like, this... All the demons that she summons are made of her hair, so she summons, like, a demon spider that's made of her hair, and, like, you have to grab the boss with other demon hands that you also summon, and, like, steer him towards the spider so you can get a critical critical hit on him. And... It is the most wild thing I've ever seen. Like every scene, I kept like I, I wrote about it on Twitter. There's one scene where she, the game opens with her popping out of a of a grave and shooting a bunch of angels, and she like impales one of the angels with one of the tridents, and then swings on the trident like the pole of it, like she's pole dancing, and is shooting angels while she's spinning around. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, like right there, I was like, "Why didn't anyone tell me about this game?" Like, I almost cried there because I was like, "This is perfect," <laughs> <laughs> and the game just started. Like, and and it and it only goes up from there. Like, people uh, people talk or not people talk. People know that I am. Um, this is another thing where I talk about. I like some bad games. I am a big Bad Boys Two fan. I like Bad Boys Two a lot. The movie mm-hmm. that that movie is not great. <laughs> Movie has a lot of problems, but I like it because it's over the top to the point where it's like, did a 15-year-old boy write this movie? Because that's how over the top and stupid it is. Bayonetta feels like that, but it feels like that so much more so to where it feels like it just comes back around from being like, it's so bad it's good to now, oh no, this is just good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I have been absolutely adoring Bayonetta. Um, I, like I said, I beat the entire game. I, I sat down for, like, what, six of those seven nights? I played it, and I sat down for, like, four hours last night to beat it. And, oh, my God, it was just the final boss battle. Like, I'm not going to say how you defeat the final boss, but... One- for reasons I won't explain the boss battle sends you out of the stratosphere. So you have to get back to earth and then you do that whole sequence. Then the actual credits start rolling. And then in the background of the credits, they have like little film reels of like old moments from the game, just to show you old scenes. And then it just zooms into a scene and you're in the middle of a combat sequence from earlier in the game. And the game's just like, Hey, play this combat sequence again, just to like, just because it's fun. And in the credits are still scrolling in front of the screen. So you can't really see combat all that well, but you're getting <laughs> graded, you're getting graded on this combat sequence. And then once you beat it, like right in the middle of like some dude's name, right after that, your grade from that combat performance is right there. And then it just keeps scrolling to the next thing. It does that three times in the middle of the credits.
1: <laughs> you're like, what is happening? It
0: is. It's one of those games where I just couldn't believe I couldn't believe what was happening was happening. And I just felt like that every single chapter of this game. I can't recommend Bayonetta enough. Uh, I know the sequel's out on Switch, which I do own. I've owned for a long time. I will be getting to that sequel. Um, But the original game comes with the sequel if you buy it on Switch. So, you know, if you want to be comfortable on your Switch, you can play it there. But if you play it on Xbox or PS4, it is at 4K and 60 frames per second. So,
1: you Mm. know. And, you know, sometimes you do want to see a pole dance on a Triton in 60 frames per second.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> that is true.
0: That is true. But yeah, it is It is a spectacular game. It is wonderful. It just makes me feel, this is why I play games, man, for things like this. Things that surprise me at every single turn. Despite me knowing a lot about the game beforehand, like this game just blew me away. So, whoo! Thank God for Bayonetta. That's all I can say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it.
0: Yeah it's gotten to the point where i'm like i don't think i'm gonna actually do it because i was looking at her costume and i was like man this would be too much i was really talking to my friend um my friend obby uh, i was like yo what if i uh do you think i could cosplay bayonetta and she was like no don't do that <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if i had more than a month to prepare but like nah not right now <laughs> Yeah, but I actually I know you're like a big cosplayer too, so like that would probably be way too much for a month of heads up.
1: Yeah, usually I mean, unless you're like committed to like spending all your time on it, then some cosplays are you just had easier done than others, but bayonetta's outfits quite it's quite a lot. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> very intricate, very intricate. So yeah, oh yeah, bayonetta's great. That's all I gotta say, man. One of the great easily the best game I will probably play this year, and uh it might be. I don't know if it's gonna be in my top 10 or not, like of all time for myself, but I can definitely say that Platinum Games, the developer, they are solidly in like my top five developers now. They're up there with Insomniac now, so yeah, gotta love them. <laughs> oh boy, so yeah, that's enough about Bayonetta. I like Bayonetta a lot. I can talk about <laughs> it for a long time. Um, do you have another game that you've been uh, diving into this week?
1: I wouldn't say that it was this week, unless you want to talk to me about how my daughter's been dragging me through Human Fall Flat, but... <laughs> I mean, you... you... recently. Oh, you cut out there for a second. Can you say that again?
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, you. It doesn't necessarily have to be from this week. Uh, just anything you've been playing recently is fine.
1: Sure. So a game that I played recently was... I did actually want to sit down and play something short, and it was like... A really big breath of fresh air, because I'm not used to playing short games at all. I'm, like, the opposite of you. I, like, get really—I inv- want to get really invested in something and, like, be able to obsess about it for months and months and months, so I don't <laughs> typically play short games. Fear. But um, I played a really short game called When the Past Was Around, and— mm-hmm. It was on the Switch, so I sat in my bed and played it, and it probably took me about four hours to play from beginning to end. And it was completely the opposite of um, Final Fantasy XIV, primarily because there's no dialogue at all. Oh. Um, not, Not only just read out loud, but, I mean, there's literally no words on the screen that happen. Um... The game will literally, there's there's no intro, there's nothing, like you turn it on, it has like the an intro screen, and then it just loads up, and you're just in a room. There's no wow. instructions, it doesn't tell you what to do. There's like really light music playing in the background, and it looks kind of like, uh, it, this is a weird comparison, but you know like when you think of drawings of like plants in like a science room, like kind of like that, like old oh, paper look like with a diagram
0: like, type. look. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So like, it's like a parchment paper colored background and it looks like everything's drawn with colored pencil and you're just a girl standing in her room. And like, you kind of like, I'm like, what, what what do I do? There's no instructions. There's no menu. Hmm. There's no nothing. Um, so I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, right. So like, so you kind of move to the side. And you realize you can move kind of to the left of the room and then you stop and then you move to the other side you move only so far to the right of the room and then you stop and you just kind of like different things and as you if you move around you realize you can interact with some stuff like you can open a drawer and you can it'll if you open it it'll show you like a picture of what's inside it just sort of like oh this drawer is empty you open the next one there's like a key and you're like cool and you like can pick up the key so now you have the key and you're holding it and you're just like okay What do I do with this key? (laughs) Like, It's just like you have to walk (laughs) around. There's zero explanation for what you do, but you start to build up and it gets increasingly more difficult. I realized I didn't notice that it was getting more difficult because it was building upon what it had taught you to do in each level. And the levels are like rooms and it's like slowly piecing together a story without any explanation. So it's only my understanding of what I experienced really that doesn't tell you exactly what happened. But I think it's a story, and the only um I tried looking up because with the games that I play, I'm like I'm used to very in depth like breakdowns of like plot lines and stuff. So I was like, well, what, what what is this game about? And it's just like this is a game about loss. And I'm like, that's that's all you're gonna give me, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but you slowly build up, and you realize that you're um you're a girl, and you're kind of working your way through these rooms or po- possibly memories. Um, after the pass passing of, um, her spouse, I think. Um, oh. and here's the, I say, I think, because that's the feeling that you get. However, you are just a regular girl. You're like a white girl with like long curly Brown hair. And the person that is your spouse is like this man, but his head is an owl. So like, there's that, um, oh, it's <laughs>
0: <of those>. okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So like his, he's an owl man. Um, But that doesn't seem to affect anybody else in the game. Like, nobody seems to care. But also, I'm like, are there other Al people? But he's like, everybody else that you happen to see in, like, the various, like, memories and rooms that you go through are also just regular people. So, like, you know, I'm not sure if it's, like, some thing where, like, she can't recall his actual face or if that's really how he looked or if it's, like, a defense mechanism. It's all super, like, avant-garde. But, like, it's a puzzle game. And you have to, like, find things and memories in the room to, un- to, like, connect the pieces. So it's, like, find the key to open the drawer to get, like, the coffee um, grinder's handle to c- ground some coffee and put it in a cup and then put the cup on, like, here. And then that next step lets you make cookies that you put on the windowsill and then a bird will fly in and give you a leaf, which it's like it's like this thing. And then once you do all of that, you can get to the next room. And each like it's like a room. And then once you hit a certain number of rooms, like it'll show you like a memory. So like there's different memories of like when they first met. He like plays violin. So there's a lot of music uh when they were camping, a point when they were like camping and then like he was playing music, but then he started coughing and then you realized he was coughing up blood. And you're like, what the heck? Oh my God. Oh my and then it's like him like in a wheelchair and the, mat, like, the beach trying to have fun, but like he's clearly like not as healthy as he was so, like you, you go through these puzzles to get to these memories. And then eventually it's like, things go like each memory is like super hazy and dark, but then they start to clear up as she seems to like, accept the fact that he's not coming back in the situation and the memories are no longer like weighing on her, but they're more like fond memories. It's, it's, wow. it only took four hours. But there's zero zero dialogue and just music, no no words ever appear on the screen at all. Wow, um, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, this this really does. Uh, this sounds interesting because I I pulled it up on uh, Steam while you were talking about it and looking at the art style, it looks very it looks cool. Like for a four hour game, like this could be up my alley. There's a demo on Steam which I will download when I'm not recording because I'm afraid of bandwidth. But um, <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to keep that page open because that definitely looks interesting. It gives me um, it kind of reminds me of a mix between uh, 12 Minutes, which came out earlier this year, which a lot of people do not like. But I've
1: heard of that one. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, people hate that game. But I thought it was okay. Um, And what's the other one? Not Sable. That's the one we just talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lord have mercy. The the broken relationship game that was Hmm. on mobile phones. I'm forgetting the name of it. People know what it is. Uh, actually, it's an Annapurna game, so I'm going to look it up while I'm thinking about it. I want It's like a girl's name. Um, Annapurna. Florence.
1: It Florence. reminds me of
0: Florence. Have you ever heard of Florence? I haven't. Florence is a very, very good one. I uh, That was one of my favorite games the year that it came out. Uh, basically, it's a story of a breakup, and you're playing the girl. Uh, who starts on before the relationship gets together? You play up until after, and it's it was originally for mobile phones, so it's just a lot of like tap here, swipe here, uh, small, short puzzle things. Like one puzzle that I really liked from it was your whenever you're moving in, you move all the stuff from the box and put it on his shelves, and then when you're moving out, you're taking his stuff off the shelves, and it's a whole like it changes the context of the same gameplay. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's a lot of very clever ways how they. Gamify a, a broken relationship. Uh, and it's never is when I say broken relationship, I think we have, especially with 12 minutes being the messed up places where that goes, Florence does not go into any like traumatic places. It's just, you know, the natural falling out that happens with some relationships. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those. But this definitely sounds similar to that, if if maybe a little bit darker, since you're dealing with, you know, the death of a loved one, it sounds like. But um, mm-hmm. And the, the no dialogue thing is also in Florence as well. So, yeah, I I definitely think I should try this one out. Because it's only – I mean, how much did you pay for it? It says it's 8 bucks on Steam.
1: Oh, yeah, less than 10 bucks when I paid for it. It was totally worth the experience. It was just – I literally just sat in my bed, like, in the dark and played it. And when I finished it, I was just kind of like, huh, hmm. But, like, it's really memorable for me. It was, like, a really nice – and it was super relaxing – um it's and it's also there's something to be said about figuring out what to do without any direction or instruction and kind of like unfolding the story in your own mind without anything to interrupt like what how you're interpreting things it's really cool i really liked it
0: awesome very nice i i did not expect to get to know a new little small game like this because I love a good play it for a few hours and then I get to think on it for longer than four hours. That's my ideal experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, let me let me miss you some, you know,
1: <laughs> but, mm-hmm.
0: uh, that that's that's really nice. So, yeah, when the pass was around, go ahead and check that out um, on Switch and on PC. It seems like so. Excellent. I'm sure I will say real quick because they're about to do another uh, one of those indie fests on Steam uh, Steam. Next Fest, I believe is what they call it, where a bunch of indie games are going to have demos and stuff. Um, This demo is already out, so I don't know if it's going to get a boost from that, but this is the type of game where it could definitely it could slide in there pretty naturally, because I think a lot of people would mess with this game. So, yeah, thanks for that recommendation. I'm going to add that to the wish list. Of course. Excellent, excellent. And from one wish list, uh, Nintendo gave us a lot of things to add to our wish list <laughs> in the coming uh, weeks and months here, um, because they had a new Nintendo Direct that came out last week. Uh, they announce a lot of things during this direct. And this is the main topic, by the way. So, you know, there's the delineation there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff on here. We're not going to go through all of it, but we're going to kind of do similar to, if you ever heard the kind of funny X-Cast, they run through stories sometimes like this, where Snowbike Mike will say, all right, we want to stop here, or keep it going. We'll do something similar here. So uh, I'll read out the headline. If you have something to say on it, please stop me. Uh, But otherwise, we'll just, you know, address it quickly and then skedaddle on to the next one. Sound good? Sounds good. Excelente. So uh, with this latest Nintendo Direct, here's what we got from it. Um, One of the first things was Mario Party superstars seeing the return of Woody Woods, Yoshi's Tropical Island, and Horrorland, all coming back to the game from the N64 version of Super Mario Party. Um, Are you a big Super Mario Party person? Is this... uh... I don't know, tickling your fancy.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So you are a big Mario party fan. Okay.
1: Yeah. I was like waiting. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I was so excited when I heard this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually, we have, I have plans to play with a few other stre- um, female streamers as well. Like we're all going to play together because I mean, I played it. I played Mario party when I was younger. And so these older these older versions are really what I remember as like Mario Party. So the Mm -hmm. fact that they're bringing them back, like it's gonna be so much fun. Cause we have Mario Party here at at my house that we play with my daughter sometimes. And like, it's fun. And, but I'm just like, man, like they don't have some of the the fun stuff that I remember. So I'm excited that they're adding this back in.
0: Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it looks, Mario Party is one of those games where I'm surprised I haven't played it (laughs) because it seems like it's such a mainstay of like, like house parties and just get togethers and stuff. But a lot of my friend groups, their main go to was either Mario Kart or Smash. So Mario Party was like the third tier that we never quite got around to. And then, of Mm -hmm. course, once Jackbox was a thing, then that became the number one go to for a lot of folks. So, um, yeah, Mario Party is one where I want to try it out. I don't. All due respect, probably not going to buy this one, but I'm hoping that I'll come to someone's house and they're playing it.
1: <laughs> hey, let me try it out. Let I me mean, let me play with you.
0: Please. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Especially with Nintendo games. I can't be taking a chance for $60 because those never go on sale. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Shout out Super Mario Party All-Stars. Very much so looking forward to see how that one shakes out. Uh, the next one here is a new expansion pack for Monster Hunter Rise coming this next summer, 2022. Uh, Monster Hunter person at all?
1: I'm not. Um, you think with the with the genre of game that I particularly enjoy that I would like something like Monster Hunter. Um, but I've just never, I've never gotten into it. I'm sure that if I ever took the time thinking about the, the style of gameplay and everything that it is, I would probably become obsessed, but um, I don't have time to be obsessed with two games. <laughs> <laughs> that are equally as long-winded in terms of like the hours you need to put into it. So... Yeah, I haven't touched it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I definitely feel you there. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat to where I just I, I wanna say I played a little bit of some random monster in a game back on a PSP like a decade ago. It's like the only experience I have with the franchise. But at, at this point, if I wanna go play a game where I'm climbing large monsters, I'll just go play the Shadow to Colossus remake that I haven't played yet. So um <laughs> yeah that that's my preference there but respect to the monster on rise folks uh you're getting a sudden break expansion then you know hopefully it shakes out for you as well um now this next one i am very very i don't know if i'm excited about it but i'm very interested in it uh kirby and the forgotten land an adorable looking new adventure is coming to switch next year um i'll ask you first are you a kirby person does this game uh, look interesting at all
1: we are huge Kirby fans in this household. My daughter is obsessed with Kirby. She has a stuffed animal for every character in Kirby Star Allies. She knows all of their wow. names. She's actually beat. She's four and she's beat Kirby Star Allies on her own on the Switch. Oh my! Uh, I know we are we're we're gamers over here. Um, so <laughs> when we saw that this was coming out, like we are stoked for her to have a new Kirby game to play. Um, we're obsessed. We have we even got like art commissioned for Kirby that's in her room and everything. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, you're curb-stomping <laughs> a competition with that one.
1: Let's <laughs> do <laughs> what you did there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I'm right there with you, uh, your family then because I've never been like a because like I've never been a Nintendo person in general, but Kirby is one of the franchises where I've always thought that it looked interesting. Like the idea of swallowing enemies and getting their abilities, I always thought that was cool. And in the handful of like I want to say Game Boy Advance ooh, iterations of the franchise I've played, it was pretty fun. Um, But Forgotten Land is like taking it to another level for me where it's in 3D now. It looks like near Automata and or The Last of Us, depending on who you ask. <laughs> um, and I don't know something about it just has me very interested to see, like, what is this? First off, Kirby and 3D, they've been I, I've been saying they need to do that for a while and other people have been saying the same thing. So I'm glad they're doing that. But why are we in a abandoned shopping mall as Kirby? It's, it's, it's a very weird aesthetic choice that I'm sure they're going to justify in some way, but it's, it's just weird enough to get me interested in. And like I talked about earlier, I'm a big fan of like weird concepts and weird games. So I'm hoping this one will deliver, and it seems like it will, and pretty soon too, coming out next year. so
1: I know, we're so excited. Yay!
0: <laughs> yeah. Kirby to Forgotten Lands, you can't forget that one once it drops in 2022. They should make me read their ad
1: copy. <laughs> that was really good. That was good.
0: <laughs> hey, Nintendo, hit me up. Shingeru, what's up? Uh, so, the next game here, uh, Splatoon 3, got some more gameplay, and Return of the Mammalians single player campaign has been revealed. Uh, this one was a little bit weird. Uh, I, I'm not the biggest Splatoon person, but I'll, I'll actually ask what you thought about this one. Cause I don't know how I feel about it yet.
1: I, I don't have positive constructive thoughts. I've never played Splatoon. So my only reaction to that was like, wow, more Splatoon stuff. They're really going to keep going. But like, you know, like if you're <laughs> a Splatoon fan, that's obviously great news. Um, for me, I was just like, okay, next.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. You know what? I totally understand that. It is a, um, I don't know, because Splatoon has always seemed like an interesting type of game. It reminds me of uh, The Blob back on, I want to say PS2, maybe PS3 generation, uh, which was just a random THQ game where you threw a bunch of paint around. Um, Splatoon gives me similar vibes to that. And honestly, Nintendo having anything that's close to a shooter is very interesting to me. Uh, But I don't know, this Splatoon 3 footage that they showed. I mean, the game still looks fun. It still looks interesting, vibrant, and just aesthetically pleasing. I don't like how the mammalians look. <laughs> they look very weird. The texture of their fur is making me itch. I don't like it. <laughs> like, it's like I get they want to be all quirky and weird with it, but like maybe just have a less weird-looking fur texture, and I'll be behind it.
1: <laughs> okay, Nintendo, we're gonna need you to revamp that character entirely. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to play.
0: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I need you to change the entire art team for just my preferences. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think the game does look pretty solid. I I still don't know. As someone who hasn't played, I played a little bit of Splatoon one, but like that was borrowing a friend's copy and didn't really play all that much. I couldn't tell you what makes Splatoon three different from the other two games but I don't know hopefully it comes out people are liking it I know I know people like Pikachu who I follow on Twitter she's another uh, streamer she is very interested in this one um and a lot of people are interested in this one so you know y'all go ahead and have your meal but I think I'll wait till the next <laughs> <first>. <laughs> just us personally mm. so yeah from there okay this one's a spicy one um super smash brothers ultimate is getting its final dlc fighter and it will be revealed on october 5th during a special uh smash presents um now the one thing i'll say real quick before i ask you what you think i'm salty about this announcement not because it's the last character but because they had to do this on the same day that nickelodeon all-star brawl comes out (laughs) Mm. Uh, i've been so excited for that it's basically smash brothers but with nickelodeon characters I'm a big Nickelodeon fan. So I'm waiting for that game. Now that's going to take away so much of his thunder once that drops. So a little salty about that, but what do you think about the reveal? Do you think, what do you, I'll ask this. What do you think it's going to be? And what do you hope it is?
1: To be honest, uh, you know, I, I I can't say that I'm particularly bothered by it either way, because I will always, I will always play Kirby.
0: (laughs) <laughs> they already got the perfect
1: character <laughs> I was like I'll always play Kirby because I need to be able to fly and I need to be able to take your powers that's just I don't know how to play that game any other way um, and so I, I'm just hoping for the character that makes the most people happy uh, because people seemed like really to have really mixed uh, reactions to Minecraft Steve So oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I hope whatever they add people feel more like yeah, like that's what we were looking for. Like people were pretty happy about Sephiroth. So that was cool. And mm-hmm. even as somebody who's not super like um, ingrained in the Smash Bros. fandom, I found Sephiroth to be a really adequate um, addition in terms of like what you think of when you think of the type of characters that you would use in Smash. Or Minecraft Sea was like, Really? really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, so I wasn't like, upset by it but I was just like huh I wouldn't have thought so I'm curious to to see if they're gonna go with a that makes sense or another I wouldn't have thought
0: you see I I'm I'm of the belief that I think Minecraft Steve made sense in the context of if you're thinking less about because at this point you know you you talked about Sephiroth being added PlayStation All-Stars is dead. Like, they have Cloud, they have Sephiroth, they have Joker from the PlayStation-exclusive Persona 5. Like, my dreams of having a sequel to PlayStation All-Stars is dead. So (laughs) at this point, it feels like they're archiving not just, like, what's important to Nintendo's legacy, but what's important to video games' legacy just in general. And in that case, I think Minecraft Steve is actually a pretty brilliant inclusion, considering Minecraft is a phenomenon. And it is also... It's a phenomenon in a way that it still has a very specific aesthetic to it. Like you see Minecraft and you might not think, oh, Minecraft, Steve, I know that guy, but you know, Minecraft for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the visuals are there, the, the, it's iconic to a certain generation might not be my generation necessarily, but people love Minecraft. Just kids are still playing it to this day. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that one was too bad. I think that here's the thing I'm a little bit afraid of. Uh, cause I'm, I'm not super bothered by what this character is going to be either. Cause I don't play smash all that often. Um, plus I'll be playing a different smash game that day anyway. So, uh, I won't be too bothered by it, but what I am kind of fearing will happen is that they'll pick one more character to make the Minecraft type of audience happy where, you know, Sephiroth was a very crowd pleasing character. We just got final fantasy seven remake. Everyone's going to be, you know, all for that character, even if it is a little bit of overlap with Cloud. I think that with this new character, they're going to do something like, I don't know what the main character of Fortnite is, but they're going to have some character from Fortnite.
1: I was thinking that, and I was (laughs) like, you're thinking they're going to go for like a really popular kids game right now, like a Fortnite. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and like, I wouldn't be too mad about it because I talked about this like an episode or two ago of the podcast. I've been getting into Fortnite for the first time, really. And usually I just hop in, buy whatever they had a bad boys two skin one day. So I said, "All right, here's my ten bucks." Not playing the game, Uh, did that for Ariana Grande, did that for Kratos, and now I'm actually playing the game and I'm having fun. So I wouldn't be super mad about it. But I know there's people out there like Cameron Hawkins really hoping that they have separate or not Sephiroth, uh, Sora from uh, Kingdom Hearts.
1: Oh, I would love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that one would be good. I think that one would be a good one just because. Because no matter what, you're going to disappoint some people, no matter what the character is. You can't please every fandom at once. But I think Sora is a fandom, or Kingdom Hearts is a fandom, that has been so underserved for a very long time, up until the third game, I guess. But there's even differing opinions on the third game. I think that would be a really nice nod to them, and then could also open up a little bit of a door to some Disney stuff. In a, in, like i i don't know how much they would open that door because di- disney's a big goliath and everything so i know like all their ips are kind of hard to work with anyway but i know that they've got some new management over there on their game development side and i know people like um god what's his name andrea renee's husband works over there and handles all the ip distribution but i'm forgetting his john drake that's his name john drake is his name he is very liberal about letting people like oh, you want to make a Star Wars game? All right, here's the IP. You want to make a Wolverine game? Here's the IP. Like, he is very open with that stuff. So maybe they could put that into the Smash Pass, but I am just super hesitant with anything Disney-related touching a
1: crossover event to this degree. <laughs> that, you know, that's that's an interesting point. I can kind of see that because once you start... It's a slippery slope, one could say, mm-hmm. um, to to start... Doing crossovers with Disney and, um, hmm, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think Kingdom Hearts did it really well, but it is very contained. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's to, just to pull from, from that. Yeah. It's just exactly. So I'm like, it's just them. And everyone was like, that's cool and it works, mm-hmm. but it's not something that happens often. But I definitely think Sora would be, I, I, and, like, I wonder if, like, we're considered, like, the the older game fans now. Like, we're not the younger generation, even though, like, Uh, I feel like I'm, like, I would feel sated by having Sora as a final edition. I'm, like, that's a good one. That's a good
0: one. Yeah, I think so, too. Even if, I'm not even a Kingdom Hearts person, but, like, I think that would just be a perfect cap to, like, really blow people's minds on the way out.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he has the notoriety. I feel like he does. I feel like he has the... I don't know how to say this, but, like, he's classic enough mm-hmm. that everyone never knows who he is. Even if, like you said, you're not a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, like, we know who Sora is. He has yeah. the visuals. He's great. And he has some fun attacks. Like, imagine him swinging that Keyblade around. Oh,
0: yeah. That would be incredible. Oh, uh, like, it
1: would be so fun. I can picture it so
0: perfectly. Like, that's why it makes so much sense. But, whew, I just, people have been wanting it so long that I hesitate to, like, Think about it too long, and then it doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> mm, true, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Don't want to get people's hopes up because, hey, I'm Mr. I'm Mr. PlayStation All-Stars 2, and that's never going <laughs> to happen. So I I know a thing or two about, you know, getting your hopes up and nothing happens. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Or it's going to be P.L.E. from Fortnite. So time will tell. Uh, we'll find out uh, sometime next week. We'll find out that last character. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that one. The next one here is... Animal Crossing will finally be getting some new content and it's going to be getting its own direct this coming October. And Brewster and the Roost are coming soon. Um, are you an Animal Crossing person at all? Did you play that when it came out?
1: I did. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm an Animal Crossing fan um, because I'm a degenerate and I can't play game long running games that don't let me fight things. Um.
0: <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Literally my problem.
1: I was like, oh, this is really fun. And I was like, yeah, and you can like just keep going. And I'm like... So like when, so there's like nothing to fight though. Like I can't kill anything. Like, no, you just (laughs) build an island and hang out with your friends. And I was like, okay, I can do this for like a couple hours, but I can't do this for like, you know, how Animal Crossing people play. Like that's, they make make entire, entire communities. It's amazing. The only thing you can kill is your (laughs) (laughs) debt. Oh Oh, man, that does hit a little close to home as a homeowner. I'm like, oh man. (laughs)
0: Oh man, yeah, I'm on the way there one day. So, oh man, I'm I'm worried about it too. But yeah, I'm kind of a similar boat to where I really just hopped on Animal Crossing New Horizons because it came out the same day as Doom Eternal and Doom Eternal is like the game I was excited about, but the crossover memes people were making with Doom Guy and Isabelle, I was like, this is so precious. I want to I want to see what's up with this Animal Crossing. Played it for like maybe 20 hours, maybe 15, and then realized, "Oh, it's just chores the game and then just dipped." So, Oh, and I'm getting a phone call. Let me cancel that. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, I, I didn't play too much of it. So, hearing that it's getting more content isn't super exciting for me, but I know a lot of people have been really hoping that this game would get new content. So, you know, good for them. Uh, hopefully, it's something substantial because I know they've been waiting for several months. <laughs> they really have been. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. So, you know, here's hoping that's something big and. Hopefully they don't have that direct on October 5th as well, because Nickelodeon needs to help (laughs) me. That's all I'm saying. Let let all stars live is all I'm saying. Um, Here's another kind of crazy one here. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto came out and announced the cast and the release window for the Super Mario Brothers movie. What else is there even to say about this?
1: Oh my God, I was screaming. I was screaming. I was like, literally, I was like sitting in front of my computers going, Nintendo's got money. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what is this cast? (laughs) Complete all-star cast over here. Like, A-listers. Like, I was just, I don't even know. I was just shaking my head. Like, I don't know what to expect for this movie. It was definitely not these voices. I mean, I really didn't have a Mario movie on the brain, but now it's kind of hard to forget about it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, that's totally me, too, because I remember they announced when they announced this way back when uh, they said, oh, we're going to team up with Illumination. And I'm I'm not like a movie snob or whatever, but I know enough about movies to where Illumination pops up and I'm like, oh, the Minions people. All right, we'll see what (laughs) happens. And this this cast is honestly to be expected from a company like Illumination. Uh, it's just so weird. That's my thing. Like, I when I think Mario, I don't think of Chris Pratt. Like, <laughs> there there's no correlation there. It, and honestly, it's so off the wall that casting that it just comes back around, similar to Bayonetta, comes back around to just being funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Everyone was like, "Really? What?" It's also because like these characters don't aren't known for their voices necessarily. So it's even weird to even consider them talking, let alone in Chris Pratt's voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what is, is Chris Pratt going to lean into it? Like, are we going to hear Chris Pratt being like Mario? Or like, what are we doing here? <laughs> or is like, he just going to sound like Chris Pratt, like how Pikachu sounded like Ryan Reynolds. Like, what are we doing?
0: <laughs> I, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, when you say Pikachu, I think they're just going to let Chris Pratt be... Chris Pratt, maybe a slightly modified Chris Pratt. I don't think he's gonna do the Lego movie again, which honestly I like this performance in the Lego movie. I think that's that, a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I love the Lego movie. I'm not just saying that because me and the character have the same name. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like him in that. So I don't think he's gonna quite do that, but I think he's gonna do some slight spicier version of his normal voice. But um, yeah, I this whole cast is wild. Now Jet Black is Bowser. I think that's neat. I love I love me some Jack Black. Big Baby. Jack Black man.
1: <laughs> it's going to be funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I will admit like as crazy as it is when you start to think of who is behind the voices you're like, "Okay. Okay, I'll watch it." <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're <laughs> like, "Okay, you got me. I got to see this. Yeah, I got to like, see it."
0: Even Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong, same thing. It's like, "Yo, this is this this is just crazy enough to work." So, yeah. I'm willing I'm going to put my hopes in Shangera Miyamoto. Please don't do me too wrong, but you know, we'll see. That Chris Pratt <laughs> casting is still wild. Also, Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Is
1: he just going to be the, doing a screaming voice the whole time? I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> it's just like all of my favorite like comedic actors, to be honest. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I'm pretty excited. I don't really I wasn't expecting this to be. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. Um, <laughs> but I'll be there. I'll be watching it for sure. Yeah.
0: True, true. And I will also say shout out to Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, I like her a lot in Split. So to see her pop up here, I'm like, all right, more reasons to watch this movie because I like her a lot. Uh, so, yeah, weird casting, but we'll see what it shakes out to when it comes out next year. Uh, the next one here, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic will make its way to Switch this November. Um, Mainly, I put this on here when Al was expected to be on the show because he's Mr. Star Wars. So I know he would have been like, oh, heck yeah, let's go. But are you Star Wars person, Knights of the Old Republic person at all?
1: I'm not. Um, my fiance played a little bit of this, one of the most recent Star Wars games. And I'll say it was really visually stunning. But um, no, I wouldn't consider myself as part of the Star Wars fandom movies or otherwise. So I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I remember the original on the during the, the original trailer for, for it when they showed up was like, laughably short <laughs> um so <laughs> oh yeah for the remake yeah yeah so we were like huh so this time it was like okay cool <laughs> a little yeah. bit more
0: yeah it's very strange uh especially it's strange now that we know the remake is coming why bring the old one the switch now seems like y'all should have done that a while ago it's been on mobile phones for years at this point um but hey better late than never so if you never played the original hop on it before the remake comes out Um, speaking of remakes or I guess just remasters, uh, Castlevania advanced collection, bringing four classic games to switch today. Um, Castlevania fan at all.
1: You know what? I've only ever seen, um, the Netflix adaptation of Castlevania, of Castlevania. Don't even
0: feel bad. You're doing better than me.
1: I was (laughs) like, it was, it was really good. I haven't even seen like the most recent one, but like the first time that the first season that they did and, I am actually quite a fan of when Nintendo adds classic games onto the Switch because then I don't have to go find um, an old system. Cause like, I I just, if you require me any sort of effort, like finding an older game system to play something, I'm just not going to do it. So I was like, cool, Mm -hmm. now I have an opportunity to try these whenever I get some time. All
0: right, they're with you. And plus since they're Game Boy Advance games, it seems like they pulled up visually a little bit better where they, Instead of it looking like oh it is an old game, it looks like it's old on purpose, like how a lot of the eight bit games nowadays are built. So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, definitely looks like people will enjoy that. And if you're a Castlevania fan, good on you. Uh, I still need to beat Lords of Shadow that I started in 2012. So <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll get back to that. Um, the next one here, uh, Act Razor Red or is it renaissance yeah renaissance uh act razor renaissance is a remastered version of the snes act razor and it's out today as well came out the day of the direct i gotta be real with you act razor is a name i've heard a million times did not know it was even an NES or snes game so this is all news to me uh it's cool that it's coming back out but i don't know it's not it's not grilling my attendees or whatever (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely just another game for me, at least. Uh, Are you an act Razor person at all?
1: No, completely unfamiliar. So that went in one ear and out the other for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're both on the same page then, but I know there are fans out there. So congrats on that remaster. Hopefully it's good and it's to your liking. Uh, But from there, we'll go on to Project Triangle Strategy, which is now just called Triangle Strategy. It'll come out in March of next year. Now, I don't know about this name. This name feels very generic. Uh, I, I don't know, are are you interested? Because I know this is from the same team that did uh, Octopath Traveler, which I think is a way better name than Triangle Strategy. Uh, so did you play Octopath? Are you excited for this spiritual successor here?
1: I didn't. Um, I do know, I remember when the trailer originally came out and everyone was like thinking that it was like an Octopath's thing because they look so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like Project Triangle Strategy. But like, at the time, like the name wasn't confirmed. And now they're like, it's confirmed or whatever. Um, I know some friends that are pretty excited about it, but it's not it's not my genre. So yeah. and I've never played any anything like it. So I was like, I'm glad for you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely right there in the same mode where the only take I have on this game is just that that name. like I feel I feel like the name does a disservice to how unique the game looks like not just art style but just like triangle strategy makes it seem like the most bare bones like wireframe basic shapes game but then you look at gameplay and it's like oh this is like a fantasy world with a story and combat and all this stuff i mean i don't know man someone in their marketing department i nintendo let me read your ad copy and write it at this point so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's like my only take on that but Hey, hopefully those people will enjoy it once it comes out in March of next year. Uh, the next one here, Metroid Dread gets an extended story trailer. Uh, now, this one just drops in like a couple days. So there's only so much hype they can build for the game at this point. But um, are you a Metroid Dread person? Are you hopping
1: on when it comes out in a couple days here? So I'm not, but we are going to buy it for my fiance because he's a huge Metroid fan. So um, to have anything Metroid related um that's new. <laughs> Coming out, this <laughs> yeah. is very exciting for him and um, for a couple of my friends that are huge Metroid fans. So I was like by proxy excited. Like when it came up, I was like, Woo, Metroid Tread! Yeah! <laughs> I've also <laughs> cosplayed as Samus. So I've seen that. that. That's as far <laughs> as my fandom goes. I cosplayed as Samus. And I was like, um, So I'm excited. We're going to get it. But hmm. hopefully, hopefully, it's like I, I have no familiarity myself with the actual Metroid games.
0: Yeah, I feel you there. I'm I'm not the biggest Metroid person either. The The one thing I'll say is that for the Prime games, the first person games from GameCube and Wii, I've always wanted to play those. And I'm really hoping that they come out with a remaster of those for Switch because I never had a GameCube and the Wii wasn't a popular console that I touched. So <laughs> we had one in the house, but it was the Michael Jackson experience Just Dance Machine. <laughs> mm. Like, I, I really did not mess with our Wii at all. So, you know, I'm waiting for the Metroid Prime, either four or more, ideally, the remasters of the first three. But Dread looks interesting. It actually looks really, really good, but it just doesn't look like the type of game I want to play right now. Just not in a mm-hmm. for a side-scrolling Metroidvania type thing. So yeah, shout out to Metroid Dread, though. I'm sure that will be very good once the reviews start dropping here, and probably, if not tomorrow, probably, you know, Monday or something. Um, but in any case, the next thing here, yoko taro's card rpg voice of cards heads to switch this october i don't know what this is
1: <laughs> i don't i have no clue except that i hear yoko taro and i recently played a raid in final fantasy 14 that was um a collaboration with the near games oh yes and yes. in that experience it was probably like a 12 hour experience for how long those raids take I have learned to revere, both revere and fear Yoko Taro um, (laughs) in the story that they like to tell, the stories. So I'm just like, whatever this is, you do, okay, yes, Yoko Taro is a good name. Maybe it'll be good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Yoko Taro, I mean, I talked about Nier Automata as one of my favorite games of all time. So I hear his name and I perk up definitely, but I just... It is very situational, me in my relationship to card games, but this just doesn't perk me up much. Uh, I, I love Slay the Spire and like some roguelike card games like that, but to get a whole story where everything's represented by a card, it's like, eh. Don't know if I'm gonna love that, but then again, I said, Oh, that anime game with the sword made, I don't think I'm gonna like that. And now here I am talking about Nero all the time. So uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll see. I don't think I'm gonna jump in. I think I'll wait to see if reviews are Blowing the game up for you know some reason, but it looks interesting. Yoko Taro's name is attached, but cards, uh, I'll wait and see. Fair enough. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, this one's a pretty quick one. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, this is a pretty quick one. Uh Dying Light 2, Stay Human, is getting a cloud version on Switch and a native version of the original game, Dying Light Platinum Edition, is also coming to Switch. Uh, Weird announcement, but it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Dying Light Two is coming out like early next year, so why not get it on as many platforms as you can?
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. I won't be playing it. Um, I I can confidently say that if there is a zombie in a game, I will not touch it with a ten foot pole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so no matter how great it looks, I'm like mm, zombies are a hard a hard no for me. So <laughs> though I'm sure lots of other people are excited.
0: Yeah, that's that's totally fair. It, if you don't mind me asking, is it like a horror thing or is it a gore thing?
1: I would say it's both. But zombies are like this perfect amalgamation of everything that I hate about horror and monsters. Because I'm a very emotional person. And I'm very mm. attached to my, my loved ones. And I also get very attached to people and characters. So the very concept of, of the zombie that people that I love and care about not only die, but then become the monsters that I have to fight is like the precipice of absolute terror, <laughs> like, Ooh, boy. Cr- like emotionally and physically. I just, I don't like gore. That's I don't a- like the idea of losing loved ones. And I certainly don't like the idea that like, especially like the slow thing where like where people are, like trying to hide their bites and stuff. Cause you don't want to just you you want to hold out to like not have to kill your family members and hope that they don't turn on you, but then they do, and then oh, mm, 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 mm. zombies yeah. are just everything that I hate about. and gets the most. I can do ghosts. I can do just monsters that have always been monsters. Um, I can even do like turning into monsters from mega like, sick, but like zombies, where like they can turn, where like they can basically turn the tide of the world because like people become the monsters and then and, in and, and the continuous cycle is just too much for me to
0: <laughs> That is very existential.
1: <laughs> yeah, it I'll is. S-
0: I'll say right now, if this is a video podcast, this is where I would take down the Walking Dead poster in the background <laughs> 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 as you're telling all that. Oh boy. Well, yeah. See, that's
1: the thing. I, re- I totally, I respect it. It's a very, It can be a very existential, deep, fun story, but like, I know it would just emotionally wreck me and I'm terrified.
0: Yeah, I... that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not even going to say I'm like a zombies fan, but I have, like I said, The Walking Dead games like it is to the point where if I have a kid and we work it out with the future wife, like Clementine, I'm going to put on the table for her name as our kid because I love The Walking Dead games that much. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's it depends. Zombie games can do it for me or not. Dying Light 2 does look kind of fun just as a video game, but I don't know. We'll see. Also, side note, they just announced that Rosario Dawson's in the game. I just saw that pop up on Twitter. So, good for them. Did not expect that, but uh, I still don't know if I'm going to play that game. So (laughs) We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see see what people's previews and whatnot and reviews say once we get to release. Um, From there, we have Mario Golf Super Rush gets new characters and courses coming later that day. Um, Mario Golf person at all? Particularly?
1: Not particularly.
0: Okay, yeah, not not at all for me. Um, (laughs) I can't even say I'm a video game golf person, but um, I did pick up what Everybody's Golf on PlayStation 4. One of these days, I want to get around to that, but how many games have I said that for? So, you know, (laughs) not holding my breath on that, but Mario Golf looks solid, and those who enjoy that will enjoy that. So good on them. Uh, Deltarune Chapter 2 makes its way to Switch coming later today, along with Chapter 1. Both are free right now. Um, now I, I've never touched either Delta Rune, uh, Delta Rune, Oh my God. Delta Rune or, uh, what's the other one? Undertale. Haven't played either of those. Um, have you touched any of them? Do you have any type of affinity for the games of Toby Fox at all?
1: No, but, um, uh, my chat recently has been asking me to play Undertale and they said that I would really like it. So I am kind of intrigued by the name Undertale, but I'm not familiar with Delta Rune.
0: Hmm, yeah. Apparently Delta Rune is like. From what I've been hearing of conversations about it, it's this—it's a lot of the elements from Undertale, so a lot of the characters and plot beats and stuff, but brought into a completely different universe where the characters' personalities are different, names are switched around, and aspects are swapped. And it's a lot more epic, and the combat system is a little bit more polished and a little bit more involved. So um, from everything I hear, it sounds interesting, especially if you played Undertale. But once again, for me, Oh, I'll get around to it, but we'll see how long that is actually the case. So, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting game. And shout out to Toby Fox. I know a lot of people love his games and he's probably going to make a mark on this industry with his games because they definitely make waves. Um, This next one here, very surprising. I don't know what I think about this at this point. Chocobo GP brings a Final Fantasy racing game uh, to Switch in 2022. Um... What is that?
1: <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm gonna get it.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So you do like? Oh, well, I know you're miss miss Final Fantasy, so that makes sense. But um, is it just the Final Fantasy nostalgia, or are you actually interested in this cart racer?
1: It's just the Final Fantasy nostalgia. It's just the loyal. It's just the loyal fan and me that says, "Oh, Final Fantasy game, I will get." Fair, um, fair. Uh, on that note, though, when I saw it, I was like, "What." <laughs> um, there is actually chocobo racing in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, so mm, I had good. like a mixture of like, well, we already have that, but I guess like not everybody is out here trying to play like a whole MMO to get to the point where they can get that far to Chocobo <laughs> race. So like that's cute. Um my, my daughter really likes um, Mario Kart. So this is me um trying to trying to get her into my fandom with a similar <laughs> racing genre, but with chocobo instead. So they're like, look, honey, isn't Final Fantasy fun? Do you want to play more Final Fantasy stuff? <laughs> Easier, there you go. <laughs> hey, just
0: just put the seeds in, and then the tree of fandom will grow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see here, uh, Disco Elysium: The Final Cut coming on Switch on October twelfth. Uh, Disco Elysium, person at all? No. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not either. I am very interested in the game because people talk about people love Disco Elysium. They talk about this game like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Um, The writing in it sounds very interesting. It's one of those games where I watch a lot of video essays and a lot of the people I watch for video essays write loads about this game. So I kind of want to play it just so I can watch this video (laughs) essay and feel smart. Um, But yeah, one day I'll get around to it. But eh, we know how that goes. Um, The next thing here, you might have something to say about this. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity getting some new expansion pass content. Um, I know you played a lot of Breath of the Wild, but Hyrule Warriors, did you ever get into that one much?
1: I did. Um, I played a pretty heavy amount of it. Um, even though the the, the story it's like a prequel story-wise, I never finished it. Um, it's a completely different style of gameplay. It's definitely more of like a Dynasty Warriors in in its design. And when I say definitely more like it, like it's literally like the same. Um <laughs> it's just, you know, you, you have your moves and you're just like bodying through hundreds and hundreds of enemies at a time. Um so it's just it's one of those classic just like on the war front kick your kick and like 50 enemies go flying kind of game. Um with like the cutscenes kind of giving you a bit more lore. But I couldn't really get behind the gameplay. So it was like new expansion pass content. And I was like, I have not even finished before the expansion pass content. So,
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But hey, so I guess you're probably not coming back for this expansion pass content.
1: I am not. Yeah,
0: fair enough. Fair enough. And as for me, I need to go back and beat the original Breath of the Wild. So <laughs> let me just <laughs> do have, that first.
1: I have done that three times.
0: Oh, see, there you go. Right on the money for it. <laughs> oh, boy. I got to get on your level. Um. I'm probably going to skip this next one just outright. Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition. Uh, Cool, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I respect Disney, but not not our demographic there. Um, Mm. Probably going to skip this next one too. Shadowrun Trilogy, bringing some classic RPGs to Switch next year. I'm aware of Shadowrun. Never played it. Have you ever played it?
1: Mm -mm. No.
0: Okay, so yeah. I'm going to slide on past that. I might skip this next one. Rune Factory 5 uh, Farming Action RPG coming to Switch next year. Have you ever interacted with Rune Factory? Interested in it at all?
1: No, not at all.
0: Okay, yeah. Sliding past that then. Uh, Arcade Archive uh, bringing Pac-Man and Exivus and some more arcade games to Switch as well. Um, I I like Pac-Man, but I ain't about to talk about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I got a Pac-Man shirt, but I'm not about to sit here and stand Miss Pac-Man or something. Um, but in any case, we'll slide past that. And then here we got, this one's actually pretty big. Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack announced. Includes N64 and Sega Genesis games. Now, there's a list of these games. We did take this article that we're reading from from IGN. Adam Bankers over there wrote this up. And he has a list of the games here. I'm not going to read all of them, but um, are you excited to play
1: some N64 games
0: at an extra cost through your <laughs> Switch Online Expansion Pack?
1: I am going to get Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time.
0: Yes. OK, that's the one everyone's sad for. It's
1: literally all I care about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very true.
1: They said classic Zelda game on the Switch, and I was like, fine, fine, take my money, do it, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know if a lot of people don't, have, have know this, but even though I've played Breath of the Wild so many times, and I'm an ardent Zelda fan, I cosplay most of her incarnations, I've never actually played Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Ooh. Um so the fact that they brought it to a system that I own 3 of I was like I have no I no longer have an excuse I will be playing these games. And um it's opened up for you. Yeah, and I'm like then you made it easy. You said just pay me a little bit extra and I'm like for all, I'll I'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm right there with you. I will say just as a side note, we talked about Kirby earlier. Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards. Never even heard of that game. So I might just try it just to see what it is.
1: <laughs> Mark Kirby?
0: Yeah, more Kirby can almost never a bad thing. I say almost because I don't know. <laughs> um, and so then we have uh, you'll also be able to get controllers based off of Nintendo 64 and the second Genesis coming soon here. But the last thing here, of course, you heard me talk about Bayonetta earlier. They re revealed Bayonetta three here. It's getting a release window for 2022. Saw some gameplay. I am so freaking excited for this game. Um, I I don't think I asked earlier, but do you have any history with bayonetta like did you play either of the games
1: i don't i don't um when i was watching it i was like (laughs) i was like i've never i have no idea what this game is about but i was like this is the most like japanese thing i've ever seen like it's amazing like (laughs) because like it's like it's like the monsters like like the big tokyo monsters with like the military and like the the sexy woman and then like the dancing and the craziness it's also like i was like this is fantastic this is oh, just yeah. complete chaos. I love it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely going to be chaos. To, still a little bit salty that I can't play it at 4K because it's on a Switch. But it is a price I'm willing to pay because I am now fully in the Bayonetta fandom. I will be playing <laughs> 2 and now 3, getting re-revealed. It, it's so nice to see people be so excited about it because it literally hasn't had news since 2017. So it was very nice to see everybody lose their minds because I was losing my mind, too. Not going to lie. <laughs> so, yeah. Good, good shit, good shit. Uh, So, yeah, that's pretty much all of the things that were talked about during the Nintendo Direct. Uh, I think it was a pretty solid Direct overall. I think, you know, some some of the announcements were a little bit weird, not just with the casting, but just like, oh, Animal Crossing's here for a new Direct, and oh, Smash is here for a different Direct. So,. (laughs) you know, some some teases there, but overall there was a lot more here to be interested in for, you know, a little old guy like me who never turns on the switch. I've turned on my switch more times this week than I have in probably the last five months. So mission accomplished, I'd say. What about you? what did you think about this direct?
1: It was good. I was I was uh, happy to hear anything that was relevant to me at all. So to see the, the Kirby announcement, um, the Mario party announcement, and the, the addition of the N64 uh, Zelda games were enough to appease me. Obviously, um, you know, I'm a huge Breath of the Wild fan. So I bit my lip and cried a little bit over the no additional news over Breath of the Wild 2. But, you know, I've kind of come into the realization and acceptance that just like the Metroid fans who will have to wait for years in between any sort of news for their fandom, that is also I. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's coming, though. I know it's coming for you soon.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll see. Maybe official release date eventually.
0: Shoot, Game Awards this year, December 9th, maybe.
1: Maybe. I try not to get my hopes up too much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just keep my fingers crossed and silence then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Not send your hopes too high. But uh, yeah, a pretty solid direct and a pretty solid show. Uh, you know what? Thank you very much. This was, This is a very good episode, and you've been a wonderful guest today.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I had a yeah, good time yeah. talking with you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. And by finally able to make this happen, I mean, I finally hit you up after thinking about it for a while. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, glad this worked out. So uh, here, we'll go ahead and do the housekeeping real quick, and then we'll uh, skedaddle up on out of here. Uh, so not a long housekeeping this week, thankfully. Uh, so we have a new feature up on TV, written by Raul who you've heard him on a couple of podcasts here and there. You heard him on the Miles Morales spoiler cast and a bunch of episodes of each uh win. But here he is writing some stuff for the first time, which is very exciting. Uh, and it's a very personal piece, too. It's about uh, time loop games, specifically Outer Wilds. And it's called Time Doesn't Matter When Your World Ends. So. Uh, yeah, very interesting read there. Go ahead and check that one out. It's a, it's a long one, but I think it'll be worth it. So uh, yeah, go ahead and check that one out uh, on our YouTube channel. We got two just passing throughs here, both from Graydon. Uh, One where he's trying out Forza Motorsport 7, probably because it just got delisted recently. So he's checking out, ah, oh, this abandoned software, quote unquote. Um, and he's sticking with the racing game tip with another just passing through where he's looking at hot shots racing or just hot shot racing, uh, the arcade racer, actually kind of similar to Daytona USA, which is another game of the cruising USA era. So yeah, go ahead and check that one out. And then the last YouTube video we have here is nine to five, which is once again graden. Uh just playing through the tactical shooter known as nine to five, and Discovering he's not the biggest fan of it because I watched that video and he was not the biggest happy camper. But if you want to see him struggle, click that. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, of course, we have uh, Jahara's t- uh, Twitch here. Uh, you can go ahead and follow her. Jahara Jade is the Twitch handle. Is that correct? Correct excellent excellent so you got the link down there you know where to go i ain't got to tell you twice y'all know what this is um so yeah go ahead and check there give her a follow on twitch give her a follow on twitter show her some love because we got a lot of love to give because you make some good stuff there and also your cosplays are just out of this world too (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) so yeah good stuff good stuff uh anything you want to pimp as well on your side outside of you know your normal links
1: No, I just have my Instagram and I did recently start a YouTube channel where I'm doing some 14 content and cosplay content. So if you're interested, you can follow me over there. It's a little baby channel. I got like 800 followers.
0: Okay. We're about to make it at least 801 because I'm about (laughs) to get that link. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No problem. So yeah, go ahead and follow her there, y'all. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we got for this episode of the Players Club Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Now, with Nickelodeon All-Stars coming out next week, I am trying to get together a smorgasbord of Nickelodeon fans to speculate on some DLC characters. So hold your breath for that one. I'm very excited for that episode. But for now, we're going to go ahead and end this one. Uh, Thank you for giving... you know, your time to the show. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for everything. And we will see you in the next iteration. Once again, I am Emma Watkins Jr. Also Tuesday on all places on the internet. And as I always say, keep it real, keep it true. Peace out y'all.